0: Today we're going to be talking about judging prophecies and discerning prophets. Uh, but before we go into that, I'd just like to do a quick recap of some of the things we've been talking about. Okay, uh, And yesterday we talked about spiritual heart conditions, you know, that that make our heart, uh, you know, put our hearts in the, in the right condition for, for the Spirit of God to speak to us. We talked about a clear conscience, we talked about a clear heart. We talked about meekness, and then we talked about patience. It's it's very important the condition of our hearts because, like I said, if the spirit of God is going to speak to us through our hearts, then the condition of our hearts uh, is, is very important. For so, you know, the, the truth is this: um, every every spirit every spirit being has a particular kind of environment that they find conducive. Uh, Demons don't find every environment conducive, same way the Holy Spirit does not find every environment conducive. The Holy Spirit wants an environment of holiness, you know, an environment of reverence, you know, a pure heart, the Holy Spirit wants, uh, you know, things like that. The same way demon spirits, there are certain demons that enjoy dirty places there are certain demons that enjoy just all oh manner of crazy things so you don't see every kind of demon everywhere there are certain factors in certain environments that encourage certain spirits to come as a matter of fact even your own body uh creates the right environment for your spirit to be in your body okay and if that environment is altered to a certain degree your spirit will have no choice but to leave your body. And we call that death. Okay, but really it's just your spirit leaving your body. Uh, so if there's a, there's a degree to which the human body will become damaged. Either, you know, by physical damage or by disease or something. Okay, there's, there's a degree to which the body will become altered. That it does not matter how much you are willing to be alive. The spirit can no longer remain in that body. Why? Because the environment is no longer conducive so every spirit every spirit um, requires certain. that there are certain certain things that must be in place for them to feel uh, comfortable in certain environments okay so if, if we if we want the Spirit of God to to remain comfortable you know with speaking to us and with communing with our hearts, then I mean, I'm not saying that the Spirit of God is going to leave you if if you do certain things. I am just saying that, you know, if we want Him to, to be comfortable, to commune with our spirit man, okay, our hearts need to be in certain uh, in certain conditions, and you know, the Bible says, says something about the filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. Okay, and the filthiness of the spirit a lot of persons have you know tried to wonder that you know, since our spirit man is saved, why is there a filthiness of the spirit? But well, there's the filthiness of the spirit, and it's simply you know, um, a messed up conscience. Okay, a messed up conscience is filthiness of the spirit, although your spirit is saved, but your spirit can also be filthy. Your human spirit, your saved human spirit and be filthy if you continue to expose it to things that you are not supposed to expose it to. And so um, I'm going to talk about something before I go into prophets uh, and leading through prophets and prophecies. And, um, you know, the Spirit of God just impressed it in my heart to, to talk about this. One of the ways that God, I would not say speaks to us, uh, but one of the ways that the Spirit of God tries to get our attention is through dissatisfaction. I'm saying this because uh, I I believe there's somebody here that might need to hear this or somebody that will listen to this recording that will need to hear this uh, through dissatisfaction. So you have been, let's say, on this job or you have been in this church and uh, you've been fine. You've been happy. Everything is fine. Everything is happy. You know, Um, nobody offended you. But then after a while, you just realize, you know, you are no longer fitting in. You, You begin to feel like a square peg in a round hole okay and uh, sometimes it's just dissatisfaction sometimes it's just that you know everything they do nothing really appeals to you anymore and a lot of times we begin to feel like "Ah, is there something wrong with me am I backsliding you know if you are backsliding you would know of course but if that is not the case then it might be that the Spirit of God is just trying to get your attention on something and uh, trying to let you know that your time in that place may be up okay Um, Do not let sentiments keep you in a place when your assignment, you know, is already over. It's very, very important. A lot of persons have overstayed in certain places of assignment because of sentiments. It's, It's important that we understand this, okay? So when you begin to feel that dissatisfaction, don't just jump into conclusions. Like I said, it's the Holy Spirit trying to get your attention on something okay so what you should do it's a cue for you to now go and say okay lord what are you trying to say to me what are you trying to say to me okay um and you know this 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 happens a lot god does not just speak everywhere every time you know there are times that god will tell you you know go somewhere quiet i want to talk to you oh okay big man ha. <laughs> big man said exactly the way he felt before he left global company he felt so unsatisfied with everything exactly you know it, it's uh it doesn't necessarily mean that they are bad people and a lot of times, it may not even be that you have, uh, you know, something went wrong or there was fight between you and anybody. You just begin to feel dissatisfied. And most times when you go and you say you want to quit, you know, then they begin to ask you and say, ah, did we do something wrong? Is, is everything okay? And stuff like that, you know, but it's important that once you start getting that signal, the next thing you should do is not make decisions. The next thing you should do is separate yourself and, uh, you know, try to get clarity like, okay, Lord, you are trying to get my attention on something. You know, what? What? what is it? What are you talking to me about? You know, it's not just enough to know that you are supposed to live somewhere. It's important to know what you are supposed to do next. Okay. And uh, so so this this is, when you begin to feel, feel dissatisfied, sometimes it may be a, a ministry or a part of, and you guys have been having a great time, and the man of God is great. Okay, there's no fight, no beef and anything. But you see, if you do not understand this, you may end up messing relationships up while you exit. Because now you are feeling dissatisfied and you are not understanding that it's, it's just an indication in your spirit that your time is up. And then if care is not taken, you may now begin to pick offense or you begin to offend other people. So it's very, very, very important that we are, you know, we are, we are smart about these things. Um, it happens a lot, a lot, a lot with ministers in ministries, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I have been in ministries before. I have been in ministries before, several ministries. Um, as, as a musician, I've had the opportunity to to work with uh, several ministries over the years. And I have been in certain ministries. Everything was fine. Everything was OK. But at some point, you know, but because, you know, I've been training my spirit on these things, I know when my time is up somewhere. And then I can just, you know, clearly, you know, tell the people that, OK, my, my time is up. My, my assignment is done. OK it's so it's important so that you don't begin to feel like your dissatisfaction is caused by someone or because you know you you now begin to try to interpret what is happening to you with physical things and saying hey this may be why i am dissatisfied or this may be why i am dissatisfied and then you now move into the realm of offense and you know every exit is not supposed to be messy every exit is not supposed to be messy i believe that exits can be handled with wisdom and uh, you can you can leave an organization and leave a ministry without creating a mess and i know i know that sometimes people are are genuine and what i'm saying is i'm not just talking about pastors though i'm not talking about pastors leaving another ministry i'm talking of if you are a member and especially if you are a resourceful person in certain ministries everybody here is a christian and we are we have all been or are a part of a ministry you know if you're a resourceful person you, you don't need to be a pastor you know, breaking away to start your own ministry. If you're a resourceful person, uh, living can be very, very difficult sometimes. You know, maybe you're you are a musician, or you're you are a singer, or you're a financial partner, or you, have, you are just very good at what you do. You're a very resourceful person. Of course, you know, everybody will want to hold on to, the Bible says, covet earnestly the best gifts, you see. So everybody would naturally want to hold on to, you know, someone that is resourceful. But when you begin to feel this that dissatisfaction, I'm telling you now, when you begin to feel this dissatisfaction, The next thing you should do is try to find out from God, okay, what is going on? What is going on? Don't assume that your time is up. It may be that God wants you to put more in a certain area. There may be so many reasons, but I am just trying to say that one of the reasons that God gets our attention is when we are no longer feeling satisfied. Sometimes it may be that God is trying to tell you that, uh, you know, the amount of effort you are putting in for this level is no longer sufficient. You need to step up your game. So that is why, um, you know, you, you, you are no longer feeling as satisfied as, you know, it's it's like a child. Um, a newborn baby, the, the level of consumption of food of a newborn baby is different from that of a teenager. It's different from that of an adult. Okay, so sometimes the dissatisfaction may just simply mean that um, at this, God, God is moving you to another level and you need to, you know, you need to increase your appetite and increase your intake on certain things. So, but... You know, so it's wrong to just automatically assume that I am feeling dissatisfied. So, you know, God no longer wants me to be here. So I'm trying to balance it now. But that dissatisfaction is definitely the Spirit of God trying to get your attention on something. So it's important that we understand that. So today we're going to be talking about, uh, um, you know, how God leads us through prophecies. Remember when we started, I said we should beware. Of, uh, prophecies of being led by prophecies but this does not mean that God does not lead us by prophecies he does lead us by prophecies uh, we're going to read uh, we're going to read a few scriptures let's go to first Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 15 let's start with that first Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 15 now this is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church and hear what he said I speak as to wise men Judge ye what I say. I speak as to wise men. Judge ye what I say. Now let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And verse 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15. It says, But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. He that is spiritual judgeth all things; yet he himself is judged of no man. Now let's go to uh, the same First Corinthians chapter fourteen. First Corinthians chapter fourteen and verse twenty-nine. It says, "But let the prophets speak two or three, and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that seated by, let the first hold his peace." For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be comforted. Okay? But uh, the the point of attention is 29, where it says, Let the prophet speak, two or three, and let the other judge. What is the other judging? The other is judging the prophecy. Okay? So, um, prophecies can be judged. We don't judge people. We judge things. The Bible says, the scripture we just read in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15, it says that, you know, he that is spiritual judges all things. He judges all things. You know, uh, so, so first of all, we're going to be talking about how to judge prophecies. And then we're going to, we're going to look at uh, how to discern prophets. There are two major ways through which we judge prophecies. Two major ways. major ways the first one is by the word of god okay we've said this so i mean even even the the spirit of god speaking to you 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 judge it by comparing it with the word of god so if you hear something for instance there was a woman that uh, she she was praying to see jesus she was praying and praying and praying to see jesus and you know we need to be careful when we when we when we pray to see angels or pray to see jesus we need to be very careful about it because the bible says that you know even the devil transforms himself into an angel of light all right um the woman was praying and then a man appeared to her and claims to be jesus and the man started sleeping with her or the spirit rather the spirit being that appeared and claims to be jesus started sleeping with her okay and she was happy and thinking oh wow great you know i'm sleeping with jesus can you see you see how crazy that is so um um, this is why we need to understand the Word of God and understand the character of God because there are just certain things that are no-brainers. Uh, I, I I was listening to Pastor Abel damina and he was saying how a spirit appeared to his wife and claimed to be an angel and looked like an angel, okay, and was asking the wife to do some really weird things um since since the wife knew the Word of God, so she 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 began to ask the angel, but the Bible says this, and the Bible says this, and then, you know, the angel got and the so-called angel got angry and turned into the demon that he really is. You see, so the truth is we need to be uh we need to be very, very, very careful with spiritual and spectacular encounters. Am I saying God does not lead us through these things? Dreams and visions and angelic encounters. God leads people, God leads us through these things. An angel appeared to uh to, uh, Cornelius okay and told him to send for Peter we have scriptural backings the Bible says in Joel 2 and even in uh, even in Acts chapter 2 that it shall come to pass in the last days that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams your young men shall see visions so seeing visions and dreaming dreams are biblical but we need to be careful as a matter of fact there are three uh, let me just digress a little bit there are three sources of dreams okay The Bible says that from multitude of activity proceeded dreams. And the Bible also says that from a multitude of thoughts proceed dreams, okay? So sometimes dreams can can be a function of, you know, for instance, let me give you an example. When I watch TV series and I watch and watch and watch up to a while, I begin to dream about being in, you know, I've dreamt about being in 24 before, you know, fighting alongside Jack Bauer. Why? Because I I watched 24 so long. Now for me to now wake up and say, god wants me to be a ctu agent you know that is weird so it's very important we understand this that you know dreams can come from our imagination from our thinking and from activities okay so this is one way that dreams come from our thinking from our own activities mental activities mostly yes you know that's that's number one number two dreams can come from god okay we know that joseph received dreams from god we know that jacob received dreams from god and number three dreams can come from the devil okay satan can you know try to infiltrate your mind and you know think of nightmares for instance nightmares are a kind or or night terrors they are are a kind of dreams but they are not of god so these are three places three major ways that dreams come from multitude of mental activity from god or from the devil so when we get a dream for instance How do you now judge the dream? You have to now decide, okay, how does this align with the Word of God? So, um, simply because God has led you through dreams before does not mean that every time you dream, it is God speaking. It's, It's important that we understand these things. If the Word of God is not your base primarily, you are going to have trouble with being misled. If the Word of God is not your base primarily, you are going to have trouble with being misled. Okay, so it is very, very, very important that we uh, that we understand that the Bible has to be the basis for everything. Now let's... Uh, okay, I, I digress to dreams. Okay, so also with visions, it's the same thing with visions. Um, not every vision is from God. We need to be very careful. We need to be very, very careful. I just told us about Pastor Abel Damina's wife. I heard the story from Pastor Abel Damina, you know, um, his wife, a woman of God, and an in, a demon transformed into an angel and appeared to her. So simply because you are having these encounters, you are seeing light, and you are seeing this and that. You know, I, I really love Kenneth Hagen. When, when Jesus told him that, uh, you know, if, if we don't do something about the devil, there's nothing that he can do about the devil. Kenneth Hagen said, you know, Jesus, um, I know you've appeared to me several times, but right now I really don't care how many times I have seen you. You have to give me scriptures to back this And we need to be that audacious, okay? We need to be that audacious. So, I have seen, you know, when when you look at, uh, especially in the Southern African countries, there is, not just in Southern African countries, even in Nigeria, there's so much nonsense going on right now, all in the name of the prophetic ministry. And people are so gullible. People are so gullible. Why? When you look at the bulk of their congregation, these people do not have a word base. Okay, so... We will still talk about prophets, okay? But right now, we are talking about prophecies and judging everything, not just prophecies. It's the same same standard across the board. Judge everything with the word of God. So you receive a prophecy, it does not align with the word of God. You don't even need to think twice about it, discard it. Okay? Just discard it. It doesn't align with the Word of God. And then, you know, a prophet is prophesying somebody's husband to you. Or prophesying somebody's wife to you. You already know that, you know, this 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 is not of God. And then, a, a, a you know, a man of God, a man of God comes and says, you know, uh, what is your... Uh, there's somebody here, your name is so-so-so-and-so. And he gets it right. You know, spectacularly right. Name is so-so-so-and-so. And he gets it right. And you come out and then he says... The Lord told me your husband is Mr. So-so-so-and-so. And And that Mr. So-so-so-and-so is a married man. You already know that there's something wrong with that prophecy. Okay? You already already know that there is something wrong with it. You see, the truth is the gifts of the Spirit are perfect, but they are transmitted through imperfect vessels. Think of it this way. If you run water through a pipe, if there are impurities in that pipe, those impurities are going to come out through the tap. Although the source of the water is perfect because the vessel through which the water is transmitted is imperfect, the delivery point is also going to be imperfect. It's important to understand this. And every man is imperfect, so every man can miss it. I said in previous teachings that simply because somebody makes a prediction and it doesn't come to pass, doesn't make him a false prophet. Okay? Uh, there's, there's a lot more to being a false prophet, and we will look into that today okay um <laughs> you know that there's a lot more there's a lot more so the, the truth is just the same way think about it this way just the same way if god speaks to you your mind can get the message modeled up okay the same way the prophets that you know even the, the legitimate prophets they are all human beings too and a lot of times they can get their emotions and their own opinions and their own ideas you know uh, they, they can mix it up with the message that that the Lord sent through them, truly God spoke through them, but you know it, it passes through a man, and whatever imperfections are in that man are also going to be transmitted in that message so it is very very, very important that we understand this okay, so the first thing that we must do is judge prophecies by the Word of God. And you can only judge prophecies by the Word of God if you know the Word of God. So again, we are going back to the Bible. There are certain things I see and you are making prophecies. And, you know, it's, it's just like some men of God have come out and said that, uh, you know, whether God told them or whether they had visions and stuff like that, that uh, certain persons were the Antichrist. Okay? Uh, sorry about the noise, okay? that That certain persons are the Antichrist. And I don't need to, you know, you may be a man of God and I may love and respect you, but I am judging what you are saying by scriptures. And the Bible tells us enough about the Antichrist for us to know who he is and who he isn't. And so I don't need to, so, so don't, don't, um, don't judge prophecies by the reputation of the prophet. Judge prophecies by the word of God. It's very important because anybody can miss it. Look at Prophet Samuel, for instance. The Bible says that his word never fell to the ground. The Prophet Samuel, his words never fell to the ground. But then he went to the house of uh, Jesse. And he said, bring your sons. And Eliab came and stood in front of him and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. And God told him, no, um, it is not this one. I have rejected him for God does not see as man sees, for God looks at the heart, but man looks at the outward. Okay, so it it is very, very important that we understand this. Samuel was a prophet with reputation, but he missed it. So don't don't judge prophecies by the reputation of the prophet. Judge prophecies by the consistency with the word of God. That's number one. Number two, judge prophecies by um, how it witnesses with your own spirit. In other words, You know we we talked about the the holy spirit witnessing with our spirit now it's like this i have i have met people and several persons have prophesied into my life over the years but i can tell you something very categorically there is no time a prophet has said something to me about the plans of god for my life that i didn't know about it already so when i receive prophetic words they usually serve as a confirmation Okay, they usually serve as a confirmation, like, uh, and even if there are a few details that, that maybe you know I didn't think of or you know never came to me, as he's saying it, my my heart, you know, uh, my spirit witnesses and agrees with it. So, if you receive a prophetic word, for instance, uh, there are certain prophecies you can't judge with scripture. Okay, uh, if a man comes and says, uh, uh, I see you. I see you going to new york next year or the lord says you should you should go to new york next year okay there's there's no scripture that you can use to judge that and say thou shalt go to new york or thou shalt not go to new york okay so in such cases what you need to do is is you you, you as you are receiving that word you will have a check in your spirit if you receive a prophetic word and then it you instantly begin to feel troubled in your spirit you know, you, know, you know like you eat something that is not right and your stomach rejects it okay you receive a prophetic word and then it looks like your spirit is struggling to accept it discard it okay discard it because um you are the you are the first prophet and the primary prophet in your own life and even if you know you haven't heard from god in that area and you are hearing it for the first time there is going to be a witness in your spirit there is going to be a witness in the spirit. Let's go back to first Corinthians chapter 14. Let's take a look at something first Corinthians chapter 14 and verse. Let's let's start from verse 2. It says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God, for no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries, but he that prophesied speaketh unto men to edification, to exhortation, and comfort. Any prophetic word you receive should work to edification. It should build you up spiritually, like it should edify you spiritually, exhortation and comfort. It should be comforting. Now, even if it is a prophecy that uh, let me put it this way, even if it is a prophecy that uh, that is not convenient, like we've been hearing, it will it will bring peace into your heart. Okay, it will be comforting. Even though God is saying, you know, give your car away. And that's the only car you have. And uh, it's a difficult decision for you to make in the flesh. But still, when you receive that word, and and somebody says, the Lord says you should give away your car. Okay, you will feel peace in your spirit about it. It's very, very important that we be not cajoled by by the reputation of certain men of God. Because like I said, any man of God can miss it. I remember back then, uh, while we were on campus, uh, and, and several prophets came to our campus fellowship, and oh boy, we saw all manner of things. We saw all we saw all manner of things, and some of them were using the prophetic to cajole and you know get money out of people's pockets. And some of these people were genuine prophets. Some of them were genuine prophets, and then they'll finish prophesying and they'll say, You know, if you don't sow into my life, my prophecy will not work for you. You already know this is not scriptural, you already know this is not scriptural. You know, uh, one 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 time told me that uh, he, he prophesied to me, and then he, he now said he sent me a message and said I should send some money so that he can buy special anointing oil from Jerusalem and pray for me. And I said, well, um, thank you for the prophetic word, but I don't have I don't have money that I can give you right now. And he said, hey, that that the prophecy is in the air that if I don't bring money, that the thing will it will expire. I said, ah, uh, then I asked him a question. I said, sir are you trying to tell me that if i don't have money to buy oil god cannot help me (laughs) i said if i I don't have money god cannot help me is that what you're saying because right now i don't have money and you're trying to tell me that if i don't buy this thing then the prophecy will expire so does it mean god cannot help somebody that does not have money You see, so it's 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 very some some of these people are actually genuinely anointed but they are hungry okay and some of them are covetous some of them are not hungry some of them are covetous and they merchandise the anointing, they use the anointing to manipulate people, because you see, um, when God opens your eyes, you open your eyes to see so many things. Kenneth Hagin talked about a lady, a man came to the church and said, you know, uh, you have a safe in the house, and so so describe everything in details, and said, uh, you have some money in a safe, and you have a diamond ring, okay, the Lord said you should bring it. And the woman was so awed by the spectacular manifestation of the gift of the word of knowledge. And she went and carried that thing and gave it to the man of God. And this ring was given to her by her husband. And it caused a lot of problems for them. You see, but the Bible says prophecy should work to edification, to exhortation, and to comfort. And But that is, not, that is not what is happening in the life of this woman. So we need to be very, very, very smart. Okay, we need to be very, very, very smart. First. Judge by the word of God, and the word of God says that it works to edification, to exhortation, and to comfort. If you receive a prophetic word and you are beginning to feel restless, you lose your peace. No, just know that that is not from God. It doesn't matter who the prophet was behind it. I saw a video recently, and uh, a particular individual was uh, speaking to a woman, and he said, "You were born in November." Da 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 da. And he said, uh, did you tell me, the the woman said no, and she was crying. And he said, uh, you are going to die in November. And the woman was crying. And he said, why are you crying that you you are already a graveyard or something like that? Like, why are you crying? Nobody can help you, stuff like that. But you see, the truth is, God reveals to redeem. If the woman really was doomed, what is the point of that being revealed to her if she cannot do anything about it? You know, what, what is the point? Um, now, let, let me tell you, let me give us an example. I told us about Ahab yesterday. There was a prophetic word to Ahab that because of something he had done, you know, uh, God was going to judge him. And Ahab repented and God said, oh, you know what? Um, because you have repented, this is not going to befall you. This is not going to befall you. We know again another person, Hezekiah in the Bible. The prophet Isaiah went and met Hezekiah. And told him that, you know, uh, as the Lord liveth, thou shalt surely die. Put your house together. You are dying. This sickness is going to kill you. And while Hezekiah was walking, before he got outside the court, uh, um, Isaiah was walking, before he got outside the court, Hezekiah prayed to God. And God sent Isaiah back. And Hezekiah said, how do I know that, you know, give me a sign. And Isaiah said, decide if you want the sun to go forward 10 degrees or go backward 10 degrees. This was a verdict of death given to him but that was see we need to understand the word of God and the character of God if not people will cajole us left right and center the verdict was reversed look at the story of Jonah Jonah went in fact he was trying to run away and God caught him back and said you must deliver this message when Jonah delivered the message what happened the people repented although the message wasn't very comforting it was exhorting. It was edifying because they repented of their sins. And God told Jonah, I'm not destroying these people anymore. Even Sodom and Gomorrah, God only stopped short because Abraham stopped short. First, Abraham said, if you see 50, will you destroy it? God said, no, I'll I'll spare it for 50. Abraham said, what of 40? God said, I'll spare it for 40. He said, what of 30? He said, I'll spare it for 30. He said, what of 20? He said, I'll spare it for 20. What of 10? He said, I'll spare it for 10. I'm sure Abraham must have calculated. I had his wife, his children, their husbands out. Getting ten righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah shouldn't be so difficult, so he stopped there. But I believe if Abraham had gone on to two, God would have spared Sodom and Gomorrah. What am I trying to tell us here? Um, Any prophecy that comes to you and then you are told there's nothing you can do about it, that is not God speaking. That is not God speaking. Because, you see, even the day of the coming of the Lord, the Bible says we can do something about it. We We can hasten it. If we can hasten it, then we can delay it. That is a global event that is inevitable, but we can still do something about it. Inevitable in the sense that it will ultimately happen, but we can still do something about it. So, don't tell me a prophet said you are going to die and there's nothing you can do about it. No, that is not true. That is not God. There is no scriptural basis for it. The people that were, that doom was prophesied to them and they died was because they did not repent. There is not one person in the Bible that doom was prophesied over them. They repented and they still died. There is not one. If you see one, show me. This is why I said we must know the word of God. Okay, so um, le- le- let me answer a few questions before I continue. First question here, Juma said, uh, please explain further the scripture in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 32 that says the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets okay um well it's very simple first corinthians chapter 14 verse 32 it says and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets okay for god is not the author of confusion okay now it's very simple um my spirit what the bible is saying there is my spirit is subject to me now what what let let me explain you know some people have done some things in the name of god and they claim that they couldn't help They are prophesying and prophesying and prophesying. And you claim that, oh, the anointing is on you so much, you can't control what you are doing. The Bible is trying to let us understand that this is not true. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. It didn't say the spirits of the prophet are subject to a prophet. It says the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. It's your spirit is subject to you. So you can see a vision and decide not to say anything about it. You can have a message and decide not to speak it. The Holy Spirit is a gentle man. He doesn't force himself on people. So when people say, I couldn't control myself, I had to lay hands, I couldn't control myself, I had to, no, no, you can't control yourself. If anybody does that, they are lying, okay? It's possible the anointing was on them, but saying that they couldn't control themselves, they are lying about it, because the Bible says the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets you can decide to prophesy you can decide to restrain or you know to to hold yourself from prophesying okay so that's what uh, that's what that scripture means um so let me let me take a look at another question it says how do we develop our discerning spirit uh from prince akaluba from prince akaluba okay how do we develop our discerning spirit well we talked about this in previous classes but i'll just try to brush it Um, Yesterday, we specifically talked about how to train the human spirit. And again, uh, I talked about the Word of God, having a word base. You know, saturating with your heart with the Word of God, knowing the Word of God. It's not about memory verses. It's about reading the Word of God into your spirit. And just have it there as a deposit. When you need it, it will come out. The Bible says that uh, the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Okay? And is a discerner okay of the intent of the heart let's let's take it let's take a look at hebrews chapter hebrews chapter 4 chapters 4 and chapters 5 let's look at hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 it says for the word of god is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even with the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart and then hebrews chapter 5 and verse 13 fourteen says, but strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So the primary, um, the primary weapon for discernment is the word of God, having the word of God in your spirit. But we also talked about other things how we can train our human spirits. Uh, we talked about, uh, we talked about praying in the spirit. We talked about fasting. So basically, sharpening your discernment happens when you sharpen your spirit and when you train when you train your your human spirit so that's that's how it works you train your spirit it becomes a lot more sensitive and it becomes sharper to be able to you know so and and again you know thank you for this question because this is one reason why a lot of believers sincere believers have been deceived because their spirits are so numb that anything goes okay their spirits are so dull that anything goes because they have not trained their spirit man and uh you know anything if it, you, you see like, kenneth hagen uses this illustration you don't poison a dog by giving it a bowl of poison you poison a dog by giving it a bowl of food and putting you know a little poison so a lot of the things that are going on uh today you know they have maybe like 70 80 percent look of legitimacy but in that little 10, 20%, that is where the poison is. And so if you have not trained your spirit and you have not sharpened your spirit to discern between good and evil, um, you're, you're going you're to you're find it difficult to... Your discernment is not going to happen once in the service. If you have not been training your spirit, uh, it, it, it's very possible that you are going to be a victim. I, I have been a victim to, uh, to, to... not false prophets, to false prophecies. Okay, there's a difference between false prophecies and false prophets. Okay, I I have been... The the Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy that if a man says a thing and it does not come to pass, you shall not fear him, the Lord has not spoken to him. He didn't say the man is a fake prophet. He just says that the Lord has not sent him. If God sends you and you say a thing, it will come to pass. Except, of course, um, there is a need for reversal. That is why I said um, that prophecy that this person is going to die, stop crying in a graveyard already, Um, There's nothing you can do about it. Remember, I told us in one of the previous teachings that one of the ways Satan attacks people is to sow the seed of fear in your heart. And I told us that, you know, if Satan can really kill you or harm you, he won't warn you about it before he does it. He won't warn you about it because one of the, for those of us that know anything about combat, one of the greatest advantages in combat is the element of surprise. Why would Satan trade that advantage to give you a warning if he really can hurt you? So if you are having a dream or you see a witch and the witch is wagging, you know, pointing a finger at you and saying, I will kill you, you know, just know that that witch really cannot touch you. At that point, she's trying to sow the seed of fear so that you can open an inroad for, for the devil to be able to attack. Okay, so um, um, I'll just recap this very quickly. Uh, you know, you judge prophecies by the word of God and you judge it by a witness in your spirit and i showed us in in first corinthians 14 verse 3 that you know prophecies should be to edification to exhortation and to comfort so these these are biblical parameters that we use to judge prophecy okay uh, so please don't judge prophecies by the reputation of the prophet do not judge prophecies by the reputation of the prophet um, judge it by the Word of God, by the integrity of God's Word, and judge it by, you know, the signals and the, the witness that you receive in your heart. Now, I want to teach us how we can discern between false prophets and genuine prophets. You know, like I said, simply because someone misses a prophet, it doesn't make them a false prophet. And simply because somebody teaches a wrong doctrine, doesn't make them false teachers. Okay, but we've talked about doctrines, and today we'll talk about prophets. Okay. Uh, Let's look at Matthew chapter 7 from verse 15. Matthew chapter 7 from verse 15. Jesus speaking, he said, uh, Beware of false prophets that stay away from false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them. See this, see this, please take note of this. Ye shall know them by their fruit. Please, take note of this. It didn't say you shall know them by their gifts. It says you shall know them by their fruit. Now let's continue. Even so, every good tree, uh, ye shall know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes of thorns or, or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and is cast into fire wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them not everyone that said unto me lord lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven many will say to me in that day lord lord have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works take note it says in thy name it didn't say by thy name I want you to notice the difference so I can slap you in the name of the Lord it doesn't mean that the Lord sent me okay so by these people saying we did it in your name it does not mean it was sanctioned by God okay you can go and uh, uh, you know it, it's just like when we were kids we, we did that you know you, you can Maybe you want to send your sibling, and you know the person may not agree. And you, and then you send your sibling in the name of your dad or in your mom, and say, mommy said that you should get, uh, you should, you should get that knife from the kitchen." Okay, you have done this in your mother's name, even though your mother did not send you. Okay, so that's what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying that these people actually performed the miracle by the power of God. He's saying that they just did it in His name. Okay, many will say to me in that the Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now let me just uh, let me just digress a little bit. Not digress, just sidebar. Okay. Is it possible for occultic people to cast out devils? Yes, and I will explain how. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of these village people, they talk about ancestors appeasing the gods, and then maybe a child is very sick, and then they'll say, do so, 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 and so sacrifice, and then the child will become okay. The truth is this, demons can be appeased. Demons can be appeased. And, uh, you know, there is a way you can appease a demon through, uh, following the right demonic channels that they can... They can refrain from harming a particular person. This is why witch doctors and occultic people can bring relief to somebody. Even though this disease is caused by a devil, if you meet certain requirements, that devil can be appeased. That is what they do. So it is very, very important that we understand this. Um, Demons can appease demons and there's a lot of nonsense going on. There's a lot of nonsense going on. My brother-in-law was telling me a story just a few days ago. And he said that, you know, he went and met a particular supposed man of God in Lokoja. And uh, the guy called him aside and he said, and he said, you know this one, Ba? This one, he said, there's, there's a higher dimension we have to go. He said, just give me some money. If I cross Ubasa, if I cross River Niger to Bassa and I come back, your problems are over. And my brother-in-law was shocked this guy gathers crowd in lokoja and they call him man of god and i don't want to start calling names but they are littered all over the place both the ones that use demonic power and the ones that just cajole people they will when, when a church service is going on, you'll put a snake in your car and then the person will come on the pulpit and say, there's somebody here, so-so car, describe it, make it look like word of knowledge, okay? And then you say, there's a snake in your car. And you'll go there with protocol and you'll open the car and you'll see snakes. And you say, if you ever ride that car again, you are dead. So it as a seat to the church, you know? We've seen this happen and it's happening and it's happening and it's happening. But you see, we are going to see how we can discern. First of all, Jesus tells us that we will know them by their fruit. It's as simple as that. Not by their gifts, not by the gifts of the Spirit that they exhibit. So you don't know a genuine prophet by whether he prophesies or whether the things he says come to pass or whether uh, he sees and whether he's accurate. No, that is not how you know a genuine prophet. The Bible tells us you will know them by their fruit. Now, let's take a look at a few scriptures uh, and see uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. Let's first look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. And then we'll look at Galatians. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of it. How do we know that you have the Spirit of Christ? Let's look at Galatians. Galatians chapter 5 from verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such, there is no law." I'll read it again. But the fruit of the Spirit is. Remember, it it doesn't say fruits. It categorizes everything as fruit. And what did Jesus say? By their fruit, you shall know them. Okay? Uh, The Spirit of Christ is in us, so we bear the fruit of Christ. In John chapter 15, Jesus said, "'I am the vine, ye are the branches." Okay? Uh, The branches bear the fruit. The the, the the vine gives the branches life and enables it to bear the fruit. Okay, so now let's read it again. But the fruit of the Spirit. So if the Spirit of Christ is in you, these are the fruits that you must bear. Love. The Bible says in in, 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 uh, in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, that the love of Christ has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which was given unto us. Joy. The Bible says that uh, uh, the, the, the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness and... Joy, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You see, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So it is very simple. You know, when you begin to see people that call themselves men of God, hold them to these standards and then begin to look at their lives. If they are not, Jesus said, you will know them by their fruit. If you are not seeing this truth, you already know that they are not of Christ. Let's take a look at 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 from verse 1, it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. Try them. Try them. Try them. The Bible says we should try them. Another translation says we should test them. Test the spirits, not the, not, not the abracadabra they are doing. So as a believer, we should sh- we'll be able to sharpen our spirit to the point that we can discern and say, you know, this, let me, let me tell us something. Let me, let, me, let me share something with us. Um, I started listening to Joseph Prince in, uh, I think, 2008, and I fell in love with the man. But after some time, some persons began to say, uh, Joseph Prince is here. I mean, if you go on the internet, you see a lot of those things. They say his father was a, an Indian priest. His mother was this and that you know, he's not of God, he's not this, he's not that, you know, and and there was a lot of that going on. And then I I had the opportunity to go to Singapore and I decided to visit his church. As soon as I entered his church, peace filled my heart. I felt so much the presence of God in that place before the service ever started. From the ushers, the, the, the gentleness and the love and the You know, it it was just overwhelming. And I just said, God is in this place. See, it does not matter now. The the, the prophet, even if fire is coming out of your head, you come and tell me that Joseph Prince is not of God, I'm not going to listen to you because I know what I felt in my spirit. And that to me is more authentic than any prophetic word that anybody will ever give. Okay, so this is this is very, very important. Now, let's go back to what we we're reading. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come and even now already it is in the world and i know somebody might you know take that scripture at face value and say well it says confess confess so anybody can confess you know the bible says that uh, you believe that there is one god he do well even the devils believe and tremble okay so believing and confessing is really not spectacular to christians okay the, the demons that Jesus confronted, they confessed him to be the son of God and they said, have you come to destroy us before our time? Let's continue. Uh, let's go to First John chapter 2. John is talking about the same thing in First John chapter 2 from verse 18. He said, little children, it is the last time and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, and they were not all of us. But you, see what the Bible says here, pay attention to this. It says, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. So God is trusting you to trust the anointing that is inside you to be able to discern everything you have an unction from the holy one and you know all things and then he says i have not written unto you because you know not the truth but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth who is a liar but he that denieth that jesus is the christ he is antichrist that denyeth the father and the son now let's take a look remember i said you know the first part we saw first john chapter 4 says that everybody that confesses and now you know john is talking in the reverse anybody that denies let's see what the bible says about the denying the word deny there actually means to contradict to disavow to act against the interest of to act unlike to abnegate or to disregard so with this now we can rephrase that scripture and say you know who is a liar What he that contradicts or he that abnegates or he that disavows or he that acts against the interest of or he that disregards Jesus or Jesus as the Christ. Can you see this? So when when the Bible says, uh, uh, who is a liar but he that denied Jesus, you know, uh, is the Christ. It's not saying that, you know, these people are going to come out and say, Jesus is not the Christ. No, they are more subtle than that. They are smarter than that. Because if they say Jesus is not the Christ, nobody is going to follow them. But the word uh, for deny, there actually means people that act contrary to Christ or disregard Christ. Can you see where the fruit is now important? Because now you can begin to judge the fruit and you can begin to mirror their character against the character of Christ. And you see, would Christ take somebody and slam the person on a set of chairs? Would Christ do this? Now, this, this is... This is very important for us to understand because we are going to be seeing more and more of this in the body of Christ. There was a, a guy in South Africa that you know made his his church members kiss a snake or something like that. Another one made his church members eat grass in South Africa. Uh, we have seen pastors that uh, line up women in the church and say you know they, 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 they want to sleep with them. Another one was... Oh, God, I can't even mention the things that some people do. You know, they, they have taken their... They have vile desires and they have allowed the devil to anoint them. And then they have come into the, the, the body of Christ and they are, they are trying to cause confusion. You remember the parable of the wheat and the tares, you know, um, uh, the, the man, you know, planted wheat and then he woke up and he saw the wheat growing with tares. You know, the Bible says, while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares. Okay, and, uh, and, and, and the servant said, what do we do? And he said, you know what, let everything grow together. Okay, because if you try to uproot the tares now, you will also kill the wheat. And that is what is happening. Uh, somebody might be wondering, you know, why is God not getting rid of all these people? But you see, it's that parable. He's allowing the wheat and the tares to grow together. But a time will come where there will be a separation, and the tears will be gathered, and they will be put in unquenchable fire. Okay, so don't let anybody confuse you. Don't let anybody deceive you remember i said yesterday anybody can be deceived as a matter of fact if you think that you cannot be deceived you are already being deceived anybody can be deceived and this is why it is important for us to be diligent to be to to be uh to be to be vigilant rather to be to be very very vigilant because we are going to see more and more and more of this coming and doing things in the name of god but their fruit are not going to be consistent with the word of god so if you want to discern the prophet it's very simple two things number one check in your spirit, check in your heart okay check in your heart number two mirror them against the word of god what does the bible say about the fruit of the spirit jesus said it's simple you will know them by their fruit forget the miracles not by their gifts the the gift is not so, so when we say by their fruit it's not talking about whether they are doing miracles or whether they are giving money to the poor no 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 that's not what it's saying People give to the poor for so many reasons. Some for publicity stunts, some so that, you know, people can heal them. People give to the poor for so many reasons. People do good things for so many reasons. Okay, so it's not just because they are doing good things, but you need to check their fruit. According to Galatians chapter 5 from verse 22, you're going to check that. Are are these people walking in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness? Are these things being exhibited in this person? Because you see, a lot of these people, um, they don't pay attention to the fruit of the Spirit, neither do they pay attention to living right, because they know they don't need to live right to sustain their anointing. People that are genuinely anointed, people that receive their anointing from God, um, they, they they are going to make certain efforts to live right, because they know that to sustain their anointing, they need to maintain a study life, they need to maintain a prayer life, they need to you know they need to live right. They need to be humble. You know there, there are so many things that need to be in place for the anointing to continue to flow. But these other people that are counterfeits, they don't respect all these things. They don't need to fast. They don't need to pray. They may carry camera and climb mountain and say ah, so, so so person pray. That's how you will know that they are not really praying. The day you went to pray, did you go with camera? When you study your Bible, do you snap it and post it on Instagram? Think about it. Why do they feel the need to do this? Why do they feel the need to put it out there and let people, give people the impression that they are praying and fasting? You know, and Jesus condemned this very strongly in Matthew chapter 5. He said, don't be like the hypocrites, you know, that go around praying in public places or when they fast, they try to let everybody know that they are fasting or when they give, they try to let everybody know that they are giving. Jesus called them hypocrites. I am not, I am not giving you my own opinion. I'm telling you what the Bible says. Jesus called these people hypocrites. So the fact that they, they, they feel they need to be seen, you know, doing these things, already puts a question mark to their motives. Okay, so so they don't, uh, uh, they, they try to give you the impression that we pray like everybody else, we fast, we... No, 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 please don't get me wrongly. I am not saying that everybody that does charity publicly is of the devil. I am not saying that everybody that that has prayed and you know snapped themselves out of the devil i know genuine men of god that have done it although it is wrong it is wrong the 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 bible condemns it i don't see a need for it um you know we shouldn't be doing that You, you don't need to you know you don't need to advertise your prayer life it's not necessary except you are trying to boost your ego, or there's something else that you are, you are working towards. You don't need to advertise your prayer life. But I'm just saying this so that, you know, you don't think that I am saying every man of God that has displayed that they were praying or that they were fasting are, are false. No, that's not what I'm saying. I know genuine men of God that have done these things in error, or they've done it, okay? But what I'm saying is, especially with these people that, you know, that do not have a genuine walk with God, they, they get their power from somewhere else. They can sleep around, Okay, they can they can live like the devil, they can have people assassinated for speaking against them or for standing in their way. They can commit all manner of atrocities and they don't feel bad about it because they know that you know their anointing does not come from God and so they don't need to they don't need to be in, in fellowship with God or they don't need to, to stay consistent with God for that anointing to continue to flow. Remember the Bible calls the uh, Lucifer. In Ezekiel chapter chapter 28, it calls Lucifer the anointed cherub. So, Lucifer is anointed. It didn't say, thou were the anointed cherub. It says, thou art the anointed cherub. So, Lucifer is still anointed. This is why um, it is it is very important. Uh, simply because somebody is anointed doesn't mean that they are of God. You know, simply simply because somebody is anointed doesn't mean that they are of God. You can be anointed and be completely disconnected from God like Lucifer. It is very possible. Um, Having the power of God is different from, you know, having the presence of God in your life. And that's why we see the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, comma, and with power. So these were two different anointings. There was the anointing with the Holy Ghost and there was the anointing with power. There are some people that have the power, but they don't have the spirit. So it's important we we don't get carried away by manifestations. Uh, Chogu wrote something, let me read it out. Is said, gifts are given to recipients at the discretion, discretion of, of the giver, and not based on merit or cause they are worthy. For any tree to have fruits, it has to stay rooted. Grow withstand seasons to bring forth fruits. Thank you so much Chogu for this. Thank you so much. This is a summary for any tree to, for any branch to bear fruit, it has to stay connected. Okay? And this is why Jesus said, you judge by the fruits," Because um, uh, for you to continue to bear fruit, you have to stay connected to God. You can't bear fruit in the flesh. You cannot bear fruit in the flesh. It takes the Spirit of God to help you bear fruit. And that is why when you see when you see men of God like Papa Adeboe that you know, that have consistently remained humble. They've, they've been consistent all through the years in spite of seasons and criticism. This is how you know men of God. I am not saying they are perfect. None of us are. Okay, but this is how you know men of God. When you mirror them against the fruit of the Spirit, you see that, ah, okay, 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 okay. But then some of these other people, you know, they, they just, you know, they are, they are just like animals. They act like animals. And, uh, and people will say, uh, the most important thing is they have the results. There are malams that have results. I was watching a video recently. One malam was was speaking and he was laying hands on people and people were falling. For God's sake, people were falling in Michael Jackson's concerts. People were falling and passing out. Michael Jackson would climb the stage and people would scream and they would pass out. They were falling under anointing, but it was under a different kind of anointing. Okay, so simply because people scream and people fall under the anointing, or you know you are seeing miracles. Okay, Let's not judge by gifts, let us judge by fruits. Okay, so simply put, the same way we judge, uh, the same way we judge prophecies is the same way we discern prophets, by the word of God and the witness of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Okay, and when I say by the word of God, what does the word of God say about men of God? It says, by their fruits you shall know them. This is Jesus speaking specifically about false prophets. He said, you will know them by their fruits. A lot of persons have mistaken this to mean by their manifestations. Okay? Uh, a lot of persons have mistaken that statement. Where Jesus said, by their fruits, you shall know them. To mean by their manifestations, you shall know them. So, if uh, if they are doing good works, then they are of God. No. No. Uh, there are people in the Illuminati and there are occult people that have large charity organizations and they do, they do lots of good things for people. It doesn't mean that they are of God. Okay, so it wasn't talking about when Jesus said by their fruit you shall know them it wasn't saying by their manifestations or by the, by their results. No, it wasn't saying by their results you shall know them. It was saying by the fruit of the spirit you will know. If, if, it's, a, if it's the spirit of God that is manifesting in them you will know by the fruit of the spirit that is being manifested in, in their lives. Okay, I, I hope everybody got that and I hope, uh, I hope we are clear on that. So, um, you know, using this now you can just easily begin to Begin to look around, and you know you can easily begin to tell from the from the fruit of, of that the people manifest those that are of God and, and those that are not. There, there was a particular guy, uh, I won't call his name, but there was a particular guy from Port Harcourt who yeah, he was he was very popular in Abuja those days. His flyers everywhere, posters everywhere, you know, and uh, he was supposed to be a prophet. But this guy, according to the stories I heard. He he was suspended from, he was music director of the church, and he was suspended because he fornicated or he impregnated somebody, something like that, and he was suspended. He disappeared for three months, and then he came back as a prophet. Disappeared for three months, came back as a prophet, started ministry, you know, uh, cajoling people, collecting people's money, and sleeping with women. But the, the most dangerous part is the women that he slept with, Uh, either ended up dead or ended up with a terrible disease. And I know a particular man of God uh, that said he had counselled at least six, at the time he was telling me, that he had counselled about six persons that, uh, you know, that six ladies that this man had slept with and they were afraid for their lives. You know, and he was counselling and praying with them as well. Anyway, uh, the guy is dead now. He was preaching on his pulpit, and some guys came in and shot him. You know, such persons, that's how they usually end. But uh, in his days, he was all over. He was all over Abuja, his posters, everywhere. Okay, a big man is asking, when you receive a prophetic word and you accept it, do you have to do anything to bring about its manifestation in your life? Hmm, good question. Well, it depends, Uh, it, it depends. When you receive a prophetic word, there are some of them that come with responsibilities. There are some of them that okay let me break it down this way when you receive a prophetic word there are some of them that mean that what you are doing right now if you continue doing it this is where it will lead you to there are some of them that mean you have to change what you are doing right now for you to be able to get to this prophecy so the problem the, the problem the, the mistake people make a lot of times is when they receive a prophetic word then they relax sometimes the prophetic word may mean that you need to change your routine at other times it may just mean that you need to remain consistent and over time you will arrive at that at that destination so um it's now wisdom for us to be able to discern and know the difference but uh every prophetic word one way or the other comes with a responsibility either you know like i said you should remain consistent with what you are already doing or that you need to change your routine. Um, you know the, the the Bible says Paul speaking to Timothy says that the prophecy that you have received, you know, you should use it to wage good warfare. And some persons have used that to mean that you know you have to pray through for prophecies to come to pass. But um, I don't I don't see it that way because first of all, it is not it is not necessarily scriptural that a prophetic word comes, and then I need to pray and travail for it to come to pass. Um, I I don't I don't believe that. I believe that prophecies come with responsibilities. If the if the prophecy comes with an instruction, now let me let me break it down. If the prophecy comes with an instruction, and says, okay, God God wants you to you know uh, press into a certain dimension, say in your life or in your business or in your ministry, and then uh, you know you should you should take out some time to fast and pray and do this 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 now you need to understand it is not the the reason you are fasting and praying is not to bring the prophecy to pass per se it is god trying to let you know that uh this is what needs to be done for you to achieve what i have um i have put in store for you like okay i want you to get into this level and this is what i need you to do to get into that level Okay, so um, I need you to start seeing more miracles in your ministry. So take seven days, uh, wait on me, pray and fast and, you know, condition yourself so that you break through into that level. But it, it, it so a lot of prophecies come more, you know, as instructions, but um, it, it's important that we have the wisdom of God to discern between the ones that we have to do something about and the ones that we just need to continue living and continue to be consistent in what we are doing already for it to come to pass because uh, when you look, for instance, uh, David was anointed king, right? Uh, he didn't have to go and start praying, oh God, put the kingdom in my hand. All David had to do was to keep living and keep being a good guy and keep being a faithful servant. And over time, it happened. The same thing with, uh, with uh, Joseph. All Joseph had to do was keep living and remain consistent. So the truth is a lot of times, Uh, What God is telling us is, at the rate you are going, in two years' time, this is where you will be, okay? But the problem is, a lot of us now, when we receive the prophecy, we relax, and then we stop doing those things that we were doing, and so two years comes and goes, and it doesn't come to pass, and then it's like God lied, or the prophet lied, but no, what God was simply saying was, if you continue the way you are going, in the next two years, this is where you will be. Okay, if you continue like this in the next two years, this is where you will be. Like I said, there are other ones that come with instructions and you will know that, okay, this is what I need to do to press through. But it doesn't mean, and the truth is there are some prophecies that really you don't need to do anything about. Just stay alive and it will come to pass. Okay, Um, just all you need to do is just stay alive and keep living your life and it will come to pass, you know. It's like when God told abraham about isaac Uh, abraham didn't have to go and start doing any special fasting and prayer to make it come to pass all he had to do was live with his wife normally have intercourse with his wife normally and you know and and it came to pass so we need to you know we need to just understand and discern um there is there is an aspect where we need to be careful in the sense that uh you know when a when a prophetic word is released i'm just trying to balance everything When a prophetic word is released, remember you are not the only one that heard it. Uh, Satan also heard it. Demons also heard it. There were people that also hear it, especially when it's a prophecy that was given to you publicly. And uh, yeah, sometimes you are are going to have to contend because in that case, there are people uh, or there are forces that their primary duty will be to make God look like a liar. Okay, so uh, this is me trying to balance all of this now. Uh, remember, the Bible talks about uh, the, the land of Canaan, and uh, you know God told the children of Israel that go and begin to contend for it. Why? Because there are adversaries in the land. Uh, so there are times, yes, that the, the sole purpose of God uh, of Satan right from the Garden of Eden is to make God a liar. So God says, you know, it's my desire for you to be in health, and then Satan puts sickness on people's bodies. So Satan tries to paint God as a liar. So yes, there is that aspect to it that um, you will have to you know, have to contend to make some things come to pass. But like, like, like I'm trying to say, uh, what I'm trying to say is there's no, there's no um, rule of thumb per se that, okay, prophetic word has come. I have to go and pray, and pray and pray and pray and pray to make it come to pass. You just need to trust God for the wisdom on how to approach, you know, how to approach every word that comes into your life at various seasons. Like I said, there are some all you have to do is just leave and keep being you and keep doing what you are doing and it will happen. Uh, there are some that you will need to change certain routines to make it happen. Okay, you need to change certain routines to make it happen, and then there are some that um, you are going to need to contend for forces to make it happen. So, um, so when when you receive a prophetic word, the onus is now on you to, you know, if if it was given to you by someone, it, it's not out of place to ask the person. Okay, is there anything I need to do? Um, is there? is there is there anything i need to do like okay i've received this prophetic words now let me give us an example samson when the angel came and uh, spoke to samson's mother about samson he left certain instructions okay don't consume alcohol don't let the child consume alcohol you know don't cut his hair you know those those were specific instructions samson was ordained to be a deliverer but there were certain instructions and responsibilities that came with that prophecy so it, it's important when you receive a prophetic word from someone, ask the person: Is there anything I need to do about this? Is there something I need to do about this? You know, and then whatever instruction you receive, you can you can uh, you know work work with that. But the, the the idea that you know every time you receive a prophetic word, you now need to go into your prayer close it, and start praying and praying and binding and casting. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not it's not it's not something I believe personally. It's not something. I believe. I believe that there are different different strokes for different folks and different applications. Yeah, There are certain prophecies in the Bible that whether I pray about it or not, they will come to pass. Simple as that. Mm. Um, okay, there's a question coming in. It says, how about some prophecies that come with a time frame and unfortunately, the time came and passed, but there was no manifestation and there was no instruction to it. So what possibly would have gone wrong? Well, the, the thing is, like I said, a lot of times, what happens when prophecies come with a time frame? Uh, and then they don't happen at the time, especially when there was no specific instruction. It's, uh, let me give you, let me paint let me paint the picture. Let's say you are driving from here to Kaduna, and you are driving on, uh, you are using GPS. Okay, you are using GPS. If you are running at 100 kilometers per hour, the GPS will estimate and tell you you'll be in Kaduna in the next two hours. Okay? Now the GPS told you, you'll be in Kaduna in the next two hours based on your current activity. If after the GPS said that to you, you, you stopped driving or you decided to stop somewhere and have a meal or you stopped by the roadside to gist with somebody and stuff like that, you know, or your car breaks down or anything, you eventually get to Kaduna in 10 hours, or you don't even get to Kaduna at all, it will not be the fault of the GPS, because like I said, there are some prophetic words that come to us based on what is happening in our life already, and God is saying you know, God God, you know, He He sees the journey you are on, He sees the path that you are on and then He, He sends a word to you and says, in two years you'll be living in your own house now, I am not saying every prophetic word is like this. I am saying some of them are like this. And it is based on the activities that you are already doing. And if you remain consistent, the timing is going to be accurate. But if you detour, there is going to be a problem. Okay? So, the, the, the problem a lot of times is not with the prophecy. It's that, you know, sometimes we receive a prophetic word and then we relax. So, let me, let me paint that in love. Let me paint a picture. A pastor has 200 members, okay? He prays, uh, let's say he prays three hours every day, he studies the word consistently, he fasts twice a week, you know, he's consistent, he's feeding his his congregation, and he's doing everything with the right heart, and you know, and then, you know, then God sends a word to him and says, you know, in in the next two years, you will have an auditorium that can seat 5,000 people, and you'll be pastoring 10,000 people. And then this man of God gets so excited, and instead of him to remain consistent or to even begin to prepare himself for the bigger capacity that is about to come, uh, he stops focusing on praying. He, he begins to treat the, the current 200 members like they are not important because uh, he's, he's looking forward to pastoring 10,000 people. You know, and then he starts treating his, he's no longer paying attention to his congregation because he's preparing for 10,000 people. He's going to look for land, he goes to take a loan, he goes to do all of these things in the flesh. Now between me and you, do you think that that prophecy is going to come to pass? The answer is no, it's not going to come to pass. The two years that that was prophesied will come. And if care is not taken, instead of 200 members, the pastor will have 20 members. And it will be like it's the reverse of the prophecy that happened. And it will be like maybe the prophet lied or God lied. Why? Because he abandoned the routine. Okay? So sometimes it is that God is saying the journey you are on right now, continue like this. And in the next two years, this is where you will be. But if you leave that journey and then you start focusing so much on where God has told you you are going to be and you stop taking care of where you are right now, and you stop trying to enlarge your capacity for what is coming it will never come so the truth is sometimes the the, the reason these things don't happen is number one uh we stopped doing the things that we were doing that prompted the prophecy in the first place number two we did not enlarge our capacity for what is about to come okay so it's it's uh it's it's a it's a two-way thing you know if you receive a word and if God is taking you somewhere really big, then you need to begin to enlarge your capacity for it. Otherwise, that time is going to come, and because you have not improved on yourself, you have not enlarged your capacity, God will not be able to bring it to pass in your life. Because based on heaven's calculation, uh, in two years you ought to have been like this, and you ought to have developed this, well, this much capacity, but then you didn't, and then you know it's not going to, it's not going to come to pass. Okay so um, i'm i'm glad i'm glad i answered your question so uh tomorrow we will continue on hearing god and we will look at uh, we will look at a few other things as god will as god will direct